We're going to uh, continue on today in our series. Um, so if you want to turn to John chapter 11, uh, we're going to be there. Now, as we've been going over the past few weeks, and um, you know, I think by now, you all get the picture of the importance of answering the question, uh, you know, being, um, was Jesus a madman? Or is he Messiah? I would imagine by now that you all have the, 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 the importance here. If not, that's right. Maybe you missed a Sunday or two, whatever. But the, the, um, the, the overarching theme in which we're trying to do is we're trying to answer this question. And the way in which we're answering this question is not going by what people say um, who Jesus is or even religions say that who Jesus is. And we've We've already established there's a bunch of different views that, that people and religions have about Jesus, right? Rattle, rattle, shake, shake, yeah? We, we have, that we've established that. Um, so what we're doing is we're looking at, well, let's see what Jesus says about Jesus. Because at the end of the day, we cannot say that, that Jesus was a good guy, that he was a good teacher, that he was a, just a moral individual or an enlightened man. We cannot say those things because of the things in which he said about himself. Because we, if we say, oh, he was a good teacher, but he's really not um, the son of God, well, then he's a liar or a lunatic. We use C.S. Lewis's uh, famous uh, trilemma uh, when, when looking at, at, at this uh, topic of that he's either... A, um, a, a liar who knew what he was doing but was just trying to deceive people. Or he was a lunatic. He thought he, he was a, um, what did he say, on, on the level of a poached egg. Or, um, as, as Angela would say, uh, the, the thousand-year-old egg. Still not going to do it. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, that's gross. Ah, I, I'm, I can't. Um, but Jake, I, I gave it to Jake this morning. Jake's going to get it. Yeah. Um, but so he's, Jesus is either a, a liar or a lunatic or... He's Lord. So we, we, we've we kind of boiled this down to, to answer the question, he's either a madman or Messiah. And I've had uh, uh, multiple people say stuff like, well, how can the world, can you like, um, like not be uneasy about calling Jesus a madman? Well, I don't have any problem calling Jesus a, a madman because I know that he's not. I'm saying that he was either a madman or he is the Messiah. And as your pastor here, um, if, if I'm holding to the, the madman category, fire me. Seriously. Do, do yourself and myself, put, put me out of my misery. If I'm preaching something that is contrary to what the Scripture tells us. Because we see because, through um, what we're looking at, the, the I am statements, that Jesus clearly says, I am God. He is the Messiah. So we're going to look at another view or another statement in which Jesus says. Now, when we look at this statement and when we answer the question, is he or was he a madman or is he Messiah? Remember, we're, we're looking at this question and we're painting this canvas. This canvas that we're painting is our life. And what we want to do is we want to answer the question not with our words, but with our lives. 
So th this is important because it, it especially, I shouldn't say especially, but um, in, 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 um, uh, with the, the mindset and the, the picture and, and the topic in which we're going to discuss today, this topic is going to, I, I believe, um, has the most bearing on your life today. I, 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 really, I really do. Uh, we're going to talk about the resurrection, like, like uh, Kurt said in, in the beginning here. Because I believe, if we answer the question, and we answer this with our life, that if we answer the question, uh, madman or Messiah, and our life says that he is Messiah, it's all going to be dependent upon what happens, and, and, and what happens at the end is going to affect the right now. So just track with me here, because I, I think that if we have a clear view of the end, and, and, and for some of you, that the, the, there's a split, con, uh, split crowd here. Some of you are like, ooh, we're going to get into end time stuff. Everybody loves that for some reason. I, I'm going to let you down. Because we're, gonna, we're just going to scratch the surface, because I do not have 45 weeks uh, to do this right now. There's a lot. I'm going to scratch the surface, give you some, some, some nuts in the bolts. And then you got to do something with those nuts and the bolts. Others of you are sitting here and saying, like, well, I don't really care. I don't really care what happens at the end. I just care what happens right now. Well, understand that what happens at the end and knowing what happens at the end, like Curry explained, it, it, it provides reality for right now. It provides encouragement for right now. So with that, let's, let's dive in. Go to John chapter 11. Um, and what we have to, to, to understand is, I'm not reading this whole chapter. Uh, we started reading John chapter 11 in the, um, uh, the, the, the Signs of a Sun series. Signs of a Sun series, right? We started reading the, chapter 11 then, and we, we talked about Lazarus being raised from the tomb. That was the sign in which Jesus did to, to show that he was and is the Christ, the Son of God. But remember, I, I skipped a, a chunk of, of, of Scripture there. And the chunk of Scripture is what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at verses 17 through 27. But know the context. Because remember last week, I think it was, that I, that, that I said that like Jesus was a partier? Was that last week I, I said that? I think I was. Some of you are like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he said that. What, well, no. He showed up to a lot of parties, and when he showed up to these events, um, he, he made clear what his intention was there. This is another one of those events. What, the, the event that, it, that is taking place here is the death of Lazarus. He died. Uh, it, it says that, that there, um, there, were, uh, the, there were Jews that came in because the, the, the cultural norm was it wasn't just the family who would uh, mourn. They would actually hire uh, people to come in and help them mourn because they figured the, the, the more that they mourned, the, the, you know, the more religious they, 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 they were. I don't get it. If when when I go, don't pay people to come see me. I give the money to my kids or something. I don't know. Um, pay them for living a life that they had to live with dad, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't go over well. Check that off. So, but understand that there was a crowd that came in, and in this crowd, uh, the, these Jewish people that were, were 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 there around Jesus, along with with Martha and with Mary. This is the context. Jesus comes into this, and remember, um, 
in um, the, the couple verses before, we had Thomas, that everybody says the doubting Thomas, he was the, the bold one, says, uh, Jesus, if you're ready to go, let's go. I'm, gonna, I'm ready to die with you. Um, remember that? We, we always give Thomas a bad, the, the bad rap, but uh, here you can see it in verse 16. It says, you know, let us go that we may die with him. So uh, it, was he talking about Lazarus? Was he talking about Jesus? We don't, we don't know. But what we have to understand is Jesus was entering into the situation. If you've ever been, and I would imagine that on, on a, a, a group like this, we all have been, at least been to a funeral, right? You know, and you enter in, there, there's something different. I mean, for me, I'm, 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 I feel awkward sometimes. Because, and the awkwardness comes from, like, if I don't know if the, the individual was um, a, a believer in Jesus Christ or if they were not, I kind of feel awkward because being the pastor in the room, they ask those kind of questions. Like, what happened to them? Well, I, well, I, I don't... I... Yes, dear? <laughs> or, you know, I, I, I've done funerals in, in, uh, of someone that has, has committed suicide. And, and, and that's, that's a hard one, too. Well, you know, I've always heard if you commit suicide, you go straight to hell. No, no, no the Bible doesn't say that. No, but so the, it's, it's awkward for me sometimes. And I'm sure that sometimes that you feel that, that it's awkward, you know, walking into that situation. Sometimes it's like I know who where I, I know the the the, the case when, when when Ed passed. All right, it's been a few years now, but I mean, we know where Ed is, right? So when when we gave that funeral, that was a a celebration of life. Like you know that, that that's an understanding. That, that, there's no awkwardness in that because. We know what's happened. Like when we're talking with Ray, Ray has a relationship with Jesus. When he closes his eyes for the last time, and the Bible says that when we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord as a believer in Christ. We can know he closes his eyes here, but when he opens his eyes um, in the presence of God, it's going to be so much better than here. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Too often we try to make heaven on earth. Isn't there a song like a Wilson Phillips song? Ooh, baby, is heaven on earth, something like that. No, I don't know, I'll stick to preaching. I, I won't take up singing, right? But we try to make heaven here on earth, but we can't. We, it pales in comparison to what really awaits us. So uh, the whole reason here that I wanted to talk about this is, is the, the situation which Jesus um, walked into um, is, is a real situation. It's a situation some of us have walked into uh, ourselves, this, this, this funeral, this mourning time. Look at verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. And, and we know later that four days in the tomb equals stinketh. <laughs> Right? I mean, that's what, they, that's what they say. We can't open it because it's going to stink us. Right. So Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Yeah, the reason they were consoling them is because they get paid to do this, right? So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. We could talk about that. That's a whole sermon and, and a, a topic on its own. We're not going to touch that right now. It said, or Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So right off the bat, she, she clearly states, like, Jesus, if you were here, you could have stopped this from happening. Right? Would we all agree with that is what that statement says? So she had a clear understanding of who Jesus was. Verse 22, 
But even now, I love those words, but even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus, if you were here, you could have stopped this from happening. If you were here, Lazarus could have played blackjack with you now. Or whatever. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, corn, maybe cornhole. There you go. We could play No, because you need four people for that. And Mary's just sitting around. She ain't going to do anything. But All right. Um, but if you were here, Jesus, th- 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 this would not have taken place. But... And, and, and I think that that's where we, we live a lot. We live in the butt. One, one, one T. One T, not two. Although a lot, of, a lot of it's the two T kind of butts, right? But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She knew, she had a faith, she had a trust on who Jesus was, and she knew, you know what, my situation's bad, but guess what, Jesus is here, he can fix that. I, I look at that and I say, yeah, you know, we, um, we need to be more like Martha, because we face some, some crazy situations, but when Jesus shows up, he can do some amazing works with our, with our crazy situation. It says here, it goes on, verse 23, Jesus said to her brother, or said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, well, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. All right, pause. So Jesus says that your brother will rise again. Martha confirms, I I get that. I get that that he's going to rise again on the resurrection when? On the last day. All right, so I, I want to spend just a, a, a quick moment here because um, there was an understanding of the Jewish people that there would be a resurrection and when it would happen. Now, there was a, there was a split decision here because there were some that were so focused on material, but they're religious leaders, that did not believe in the resurrection. You have the Sadducees who were, were quote-unquote religious people when they were really religious people, but their focus was on the physicalities. They, they were on the temple and, and everything that had to do with the temple. And they said, it's all about the material. It has nothing to do with the spiritual. And then you had the Pharisees that weren't focused on the temple, but they still they, they exalted and, and, and um, raised up the importance of the law that they missed the relationship aspect. But what we have to understand is here, Martha's saying, I, I get it. I know that there's going to be a resurrection. I know this because this is what I've been taught. I thought it would be interesting to give you guys a little bit of, of that background. Just brief, remember, we're just scratching the surface here. Um, early Jews did not fully understand, nor even up to this point, completely understand what was going to t- take place at the resurrection. Through their history, and if you read some of the, the Psalms, it talks about um, uh, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, and it talks about um, where there, there's pictures of God's people being with God in a life after this. But there was no clear um, uh, uh, um, lines drawn in the sand, this is what's going to take place. It wasn't until the children of Israel, the people of God, were in exile in Babylon 
that Daniel makes the statement in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. Turn there real quick. This would be, these are for you, you, the geeky people that want to know all these facts. I are one, so that's all right. That says, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth, so those who are dead, shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. All right, so, so this happens at the time of exile. This happens at the time of Babylon. This happens when, when um, Daniel is talking about the end of days. He's saying that there's going to be a resurrection, and he says that there's going to be a resurrection um, not only of the just, but the unjust. Now, we, we see that So when, when Jesus comes on scene here when, when, and, and he's talking to, to Martha, Martha has this understanding that she has been told that there will be a resurrection and it'll, it'll happen on the last day. And in her mind that Lazarus has died, and because he has died, we still have the hope that we're going to, be, uh, we're going to see him once we are, are resurrected. Jesus goes further earlier on and also talks about resurrection. Turn back to, uh, to John chapter 5. Keep your finger in 11 here. Because in John chapter 5, Jesus says in verse 28, let's go back to 25. Verse 25, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live, for as a father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this. And for, for you, again, the, the, you, you Bible enthusiasts, that Son of Man, that's referring back to the book of Daniel here. Do not marvel at this. Jesus says, like, don't get all caught up in this because for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Okay, so Jesus here clearly states there's going to be, in this resurrection that was talked about by Daniel, that all people, not just God's people, but all people will be resurrected. And I believe that the account that we have here in John chapter 11 with Lazarus is just kind of like a foretaste of Jesus to show his power because remember, he, he, he um, uh, executed this and he exercised his power so that, that those around could see and could believe that he is the Son of God, he is the Messiah. So I think it's just a foretaste of what will happen, as we'll see at the last trump, when um, uh, God cries out, when Christ cries out, and all rise. I, I love, I think one of the, the um, uh, old commentators said that when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, he said he had to call them by name because if he didn't call him by name, everybody would have come out. Could be, I don't know. But what we have to, what we have to understand is Jesus, Jesus was given a little foretaste here of the resurrection that was going to happen. And, and, and what, we have, what we see here is that Mark is like, I get it, I know that there's going to be a resurrection. And I love Jesus' next statement. Back in verse 
or back in chapter 11 of John, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I, 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 I love this because Jesus is saying, okay, you, Martha, you're... And remember, the, the Jews were standing around too, right? Martha, you just said on the, on the last day, when the resurrection happens, you're going to see your brother again, right? And Martha's sitting there, yeah, that's, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what it says. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. So this concept of the, 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 all the dead coming and rising, the, the resurrection of the dead, this, this event that was going to take place, Jesus is saying, remember, in the context of this funeral, that's this guy. I'm the one who has the power. I'm the one who has the authority. I'm the one who is going to raise everyone from the dead. Now, how do we know that this is true? Because he displayed it not only here. That this was just a small display of the resurrection. Christ displayed it with himself when he died and was resurrected. Because remember, he says that no one, or he says, I have my own power. I'm the one that lays down my life. I'm the one who pulls or takes my life back up. When he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life, he's saying, it's by me that this event's going to take place. And I love how he says, do you believe this? And she says, uh, yeah. Loose translation. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I believe that. Because she says, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who's coming into the world. So when he says, like, do you believe this? She says, yeah, I believe it, but this is why I believe it. And I think there's a lot of times that we, we say, yeah, I believe this about my faith, but I don't understand why. Well, I think today is one of those days, like, why can we have hope? Well, if we understand what happens at the end, we can have hope today. Here it says, I believe this. Yes, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You're not a madman, but you're the Messiah. So, so think about this. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. She's like, I get it, I, I believe. The question that comes up to me in my mind then is, all right, the whole part where she says, I believe in the resurrection on the last day. Like, when will the resurrection happen? I think it's important because when one of the questions that, like I told you earlier, is like when people ask me, like, where do people go when they die? What, what, what happens like when, when somebody dies here? What, what, what's going to happen with, with Ray when he closes his eyes? The Bible says, again, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 talks about that clearly. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But absent with the, from the body, present with, with the Lord. That is not going to be our eternal dwelling. There's going to be a time that the, the Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth. It talks about the physicalities, the physicalness of eternity. So when, when, when somebody asks, like, okay, where, where, where's Ray going to go? Well, Ray's going to go into the presence of the Lord until, until the resurrection, 
when his spirit is reunited with his body. When will that happen? That's the question. Okay, when will that happen? I'm glad you asked because it's in my notes. That, that text that, that, that Kurt also read, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, it says when Christ returns, that's when this all is going to take place. Now what we have to understand is when Christ returns, it's not just going to be believers that are raised, it's going to be unbelievers that are going to be raised as well. Now, in, in a second we'll, we'll answer the question why, but in Christ's return, the question is always, When's that going to happen? And you have a bunch of knuckleheads. And I, I, I mean, maybe they're the nicest people in the world. They try to say, it's going to happen on this date or this date or this date. And here's this reason and that reason. So go sell all your stuff and get ready. You know what the problem with that is? The Bible, right? I love that answer. The problem with that is the Bible, because in Matthew 24, verse 36, Jesus says something that is important on this subject. He says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Well, I thought He was God, and He knew everything. How about this? You have to understand that Jesus communicates to us very well that he was here to do the will of the Father, right? We would all agree with that? It was the will of the Father for the Son not to know when he would return. He's just enacting his will. It says nothing, there's a gap or a void in uh, Jesus as being the Son of God. No, no, no. He was completely being obedient to the will of the Father. Therefore, he did not know. Because that was a father's will for him not to know. So if, let me just, j just to, to humor me, like, if Jesus didn't know, why in the world would you think you would know? Or any other knucklehead that's trying to figure this out? Well, we're lining up all of this stuff and all, it's going to be, yeah, okay, I, I get it. Yes. How about instead of the when, let's look at the How? Right? Because I think that the how is more important than, than, than the when. If we look at the how, the how is in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus ascends to heaven, and the, 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 the disciples are standing there, and the apostles are standing there, and they're like, holy crap, what, what do we do... What? John, what do we do? Peter, what, what, get, I don't know what, the, what, what are we going to do? They're standing there looking into heaven. And, and, and I know that, 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 I mean, if Bobby was there, he'd be pacing. Like, okay, wait a second. <laughs> don't be laughing, Jake. Jake would be over in the corner. I don't know what to do. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, not really. Uh, but, but they're standing there looking like, okay, what, what are we going to do? And it says in, in, in Acts chapter 1, look it with me as I turn. Verse, I think it's 11 here. It says, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from, taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. So how is Jesus going to come? He's going to, he's going to descend. He's going to come from heaven visibly. The Bible also says that the way in which he's going to come. If, here, let's talk, do that. Revelation chapter 19. Again, I'm telling you, 
you end timers are like, we're in the revelation again. We're going to be in a, in a minute too. So not only in, are we going to be in, in Revelation 19, because this is going to say or give us exactly how he's going to come. It says, then I, I saw, in verse 11, Revelation 19, then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. Notice that those are capitalized there, right? And in righteousness he judges. Oh, wait a second, he, Jesus judges? Yes, yes. And makes war. Remember, Jesus is not the flowy-haired Brad Pitt that we see in, with the birdies all around him. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and, his, and on his head are many diadems, and his name is written, and, and, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. It's kind of, kind of visual, right? Not, not, there's no pansy in Jesus. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the, Almi of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh in big tattooed letters, he has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So think about that. He's going to come the same way, and, and we were joking around in the elders meeting this morning, like I, I said, he's going to come, and it's going to be on CNN, and I think it was Dan said, it's probably not going to be on CNN, it'll probably be more like on Fox, Fox News, but I, I don't know, it'll be visible, I said it'll at least be on Facebook, somebody will be tweeting about it or something, but it'll, it, he'll be coming, and, and when he comes, everybody will know, he's, it's not going to be like in secret, everybody's going to know, so at that time, it says that's when the resurrection is going to happen. When Jesus comes back, the resurrection will take place. And remember, it's not just His people who are going to be resurrected. It says the just and the unjust. Think about that for a second. The just and the unjust. So I asked this question to myself, because I know you're thinking of it. Well, then why will there be a resurrection? What is the need for the resurrection? Well, when Scripture speaks of a general resurrection of all, of, at the end, of all people, it's for the purpose that is followed, and that's judgment. It's, it's for judgment. The whole reason that we're resurrected is so that we all can stand judgment. Well, I don't, wait a second, Lee, we live in 21st century America, and Christianity nowadays says that, you know, God doesn't judge us. If that's the Christianity that you believe, you're wrong. And, we have, we, we, and I don't stand up here like I'm going to be like, you're all wrong. No, 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 here's the deal. If we think that God doesn't judge us, then we don't have a just God. Because there's no one in here. No one. No one. Double hands up here. No one in here who has not committed a sin. Today. Right? Somebody's like, well, I haven't done anything bad today. 
Is your life fully devoted to God in every aspect, every thought in which you have since the time you woke up this morning? You've committed a sin. Now, I'm not saying that we, now we have to, oh, crap. I've got to go find that little box to get into and do all my Hail Mary passes to the end zone and hopefully I get in. Is that where the Hail Mary came from, right? Like a Hail Mary, it's a long pass. Like, I'm a, I'm, it's a hope and a prayer? We don't have a hope in a prayer. What we have is, is a reassurance and the declaration that God says, you know what? If, you put, my, if you're, you put your trust in me, Jesus says, that though you die, yet you'll live because I'm the resurrection. We understand that judgment happens. Jesus himself speaks on judgment. This is the part where I think that a lot of people, they, 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 they don't understand it real well so they kind of avoid it, and they think that, well, I just, it doesn't really matter what's going to happen then, because I'm going to live in the now. I don't live in the then, I, I live in the now. But everything about you in the now is dependent upon what's going to happen in the then. Because it says that when we're, when, when we're all raised, when, when is Christ coming back? I don't, I don't know. Don't know where he established that. He doesn't know. I, I, I envision Jesus, like, so he's at the right hand of the Father, and he's like, okay, is it time yet? No. Okay, is it time yet? No. Is, is it time yet? I'm, I'm thinking he's like Gabe. <laughs> daddy, can I? Daddy, can I? Daddy, can I? Daddy, can I? <laughs> Finally, the, the Father's going to go, just go! Right? <laughs> but until that happens... What we have to understand is what happens at judgment affects us today. Jesus speaks of judgment in Matthew chapter 25. While you're turning there, I'm going to give you another verse. Hebrews chapter 9 uh, verse uh, 27 tells us that, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, we have one life and we're going to be judged after that. This whole thought of like reincarnation and all, it, it doesn't, it do, it's not real. Jesus says, the Bible says, because remember, Jesus is the Word of God. The Word of God says that we live once and we're judged. And he says in, in, in Matthew chapter, I should have marked these like with little cheaters, but I didn't. Matthew chapter 25, when he's speaking of judgment. Love this. When the Son of Man comes, verse 31 here, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Remember, so that the sky broke open. And when he, when he comes, not if He comes, it says when He comes and He sits on His glorious throne, it says before Him will be gathered all the nations. So in other words, it's not just... It's not just um, nationalities. It's, it, what, what this means is all people. There's not going to be a person who is not going to be there. He's going to gather all the nations, and He will separate people one from another. Well, I thought that God didn't have any partiality. Just hold on a second, and you'll see. He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. All right, so we know that there's two different categories here, right? Sheep and goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. 
So there's a division here. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. All right. So when he separates, he says, the sheep on the right, the goats on the left. He looks at the sheep, he says, you are blessed. You will inherit, inherit eternal life. Look down to uh, verse 41 here. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Look down at verse 46. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. He looks at the, go- the goats and he says, go away. Well, that's not very loving. That's what some people say. How can a loving God let that happen? How can He, he cast a judgment? Because He's given us everything that we need so that we can be here on the right and not on the left. And when we choose not to follow what He says and to believe in Him, we're choosing to be here on the left. We, we're choosing that. So when somebody says, that, well, you know, I don't want to believe that. I don't believe a, a, a loving God's going to do that. Well, a just God wouldn't allow it not to happen. What do you mean? If He's the righteous God and He is holy, He can't let those who don't believe in Him, those who don't trust Him, those who have not been bought by His blood enter into heaven. So what we have here is that judgment. Jesus is saying, I'm going to judge the sheep from the goats. What what comes to mind for some people is, well, wait a second. I thought that that we as as, as Christians aren't going to be judged because the penalty has already been paid. You're half right. We're going to be judged. But we are not going to be judged for entrance into or deportation of heaven. We are going to be judged for the good works and the degree of glory in which we are going to be rewarded with. Now, now hear me on this. Turn to uh, Revelation. Back to Revelation. I told you, you guys are going to get it today, right? The Warm fuzzies. Revelation chapter 20. Same judgment. Now, while you're turning there, I'm going to read you a text out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. What? Now, all right, all right. I have a hard time with the Greek in this. I'm not a, a, a huge Greek scholar. I don't understand this. But, Jake, help me out here. All. What does all mean in Greek? Are you sure? Absolutely. Okay, so w- when I read this, it says, for we must all. What does that mean? All. Oh, everyone. Everyone. Not just, well, if you do good things. No, 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 no. There are no disclosures here. It says, there's no asterisk saying, okay, if this or that. No, it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. I, I don't want you to sit here and beat yourself up, but I know that if you were to sit here and, 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 and think about some of the things in which you've done and what you should reap from that, it terrifies you. I did this, and I did that, and I deserve whatever. Well, there's going to be a time that we're going to stand in front of Christ, and we're going to give account, right here, that we're going to give an account for everything. Everything which we've done. Revelation chapter 20 talks about this time. Then I saw a great white throne, and Him who was seated on it, from His presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small. What that means is like all the dead, big numbers, little, little numbers, all of the dead, all of the dead standing before the throne. And books, plural, books were open. Then another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Sounds familiar, right? And the sea... And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's sobering when you, when you think about this. If one's name is not found in the book of life, there are multiple books here. If one's name is not found in the book of life, it says that they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire, eternal punishment. Well, how do I get my name in the book of life? Your name is in the book of life by what Jesus says, if you believe in me, if you trust me that I am the Messiah, that I am the resurrection and the life. He says, that's the way in which your name is then put into the book of life. So when we stand in judgment, so think about it, sheep and goats, we stand in judgment the judgment in which we're going to receive is not if we're getting in or if we're not getting in. Because our name is already in the book. And, and, if, and, and, I'm, and if, I, if I'm using that general, if that term of our loosely for you, if you're, if you're sitting here and you're like, I don't know, you, you don't have to wonder. The Bible is very clear that you, you can know. You don't have to know everything about the Bible and everything about what, what, what is said and what is taught. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and, and what we have to understand is that is when your name is put into the book of life. And when our name is in the book of life and when we stand in, in front of Him in, in, in judgment, we, we do not have to wonder, like, oh crap, is the floor going to fall out? Is He going to look at me and say, you're fired! No! 
When we stand in judgment in front of him at, this, at that time, he's going to take all of the good things which we have done from the time in which we have put our faith in him. When I say the good things, the way in which the, the things that glorify him, and then we're going to be rewarded for those things. For those that are goats, they are going to be judged by their name first not being in the book of life. So their name not being in the book of life, their eternal destination, it says, is, is the lake of fire, eternal punishment, where the worm does not die. E- eternal punishment. And then it's going to list all of the things in which they have done. And there's going to be degrees of punishment. Just like there are degrees of reward over here, there's degrees, there are degrees of punishment over here. Now, I, I don't want to, to, to um, gloat in the fact that we're going to be like, it sucks to be you. No, because some of us have family members that are here, that you love, that are, are going to be here for eternity. So when we talk about the resurrection and we talk about the, 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 what happens at the end, can you see why I say that it affects the right now? Because if we know, I'm a believer in Christ, I know that where I stand, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm a sheep and I'm getting into heaven. I know this. I, 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 I know this. So, so that's going to then determine the way in which I live my life because now, as a sheep, I can receive different degrees of glory. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that like I'm going to be in heaven saying, oh, Matt, I can't believe you're not like me. No, there's, no getting, there's not going to be any sin. I don't understand how the degrees of glory work, honestly. I really don't understand how it all works. I just know that it, to, for it to be true. And I understand that what I do here on this earth matters when I'm standing there in judgment. Not so I can say, hey God, look at all the good things I've done, you better let me in. No, I'm already getting in. I'm already getting in. It's just like, where, where do you want me to sit? You, know, you want me to sit way back in the back because I was like slacking? Or can I sit up front? Where, 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 where am I going to be? So it could be the presence of God. But... Those over here, they're going to get what they, they want too. I almost said deserve, but I don't want to say deserve because they're choosing this. As we look at this, and as we answer the question, well, the question that Jesus poses, do you believe this? One. But we answer the question, is Jesus a madman? If he's a madman, none of this matters. Go live however you want. Oh, hey, write that down, honey. We're going. <laughs> Pastor said we can live however we want. Yes, you can. 100%. You can live however you want to live. And then your canvas is going to say, madman. And then at the day of reckoning, that's another day, I love that term, the day of reckoning, the day of the Lord, what are you going to present to him? What is it? Because he's going to look at you and say, like, yeah, you said, you had half of it right. Confess with your mouth, right? You said I was Lord. But you didn't believe in your heart that 
I was raised from the dead. You said, ah, I love Jesus. Yeah, but your life doesn't say that. Now, I'm not saying that we have to be a bunch of holy rollers and that we're going to run around and act like our stuff doesn't stink. Right? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we are aware of what is going to happen at the end. And because we are aware of what is going to happen at the end, my life has got to be different now. And I love what it says in Romans chapter 8, that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that is inside of me. So all of this is possible. It's possible for me to live as if in and in the truth that Jesus rose from the dead. And because He says, I am the resurrection and the life, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, I can say, that's mine. And my life's going to be different because of it. What we know about the future... Even we're not we're not predicting it, like we're predicting the future is trying to figure it out on your own. We're just reading it. That's what was given to us. This is what is going to happen. Make a difference now. Let's pray. Our Father God, uh, Lord, as we pray, as we have talked about a lot of different areas, and we just scratched the surface in some. God, as we talk about last things and last days and your return, Jesus, and, and, and judgment, uh, God, I don't want to stand up, up here like I have it all figured out. Like I know all the nuts and the bolts and I'm going to debate it. I, I don't know that. But what I do know is that you are coming back. And when you come back, you will judge and that you will separate. I know that I know where I, the group in which I'm going to be in. And my prayer is that everyone in the sound of my voice is in that group as well. Not because of what I've done, but because of what you've done. God, so we can put our trust and our faith in you. And then we can see, like, my life's going to be different. My life is different. Because I live a life today knowing that the worst thing that can happen to me is me just be absent from this body. But, you know, that's not really the worst. It's present with you. God, I know that you have plan, you have purpose, you have breath in the body, you have hope for our soul, you have purpose for our life. God, as we just uh, finished here today, my, my, my prayer is that it just doesn't end. That we could just like, chew on your truths of this is what's going to happen in the end. And we can live accordingly. That we don't use it to lord over anybody or to rub people's noses in it, but we can say, Man, i got a hope. That no matter how bad or how ugly or how dirty or nasty or, 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 or how things get here, I know how it's all going to work out in the end. So Father, my, my prayer is that, that, that we are, are, are continually, the word we used this morning, we're perpetually aware of your grace, your mercy, your love, but most importantly, your truth. And it comes out in our lives. So Father, we give you all the glory. We pray this in your name, Jesus.